Happy, happy new year, babies. Happy new year. Yeah, wow. Well, I haven't spoken to you guys since last year. Ha, 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 ha. You missed us, did you? <laughs> did you miss me? I missed you 100%. I was in Ibadan with the family. It was very lovely and fulfilling. Tim Dyer has been away from me for like 48 hours, and he's acting like he's about to pass out. I'm not. You. I really enjoyed myself. You saw me like three days ago. It I just was last year. Yeah. Right? I haven't seen you since last year. Tim Dyer is a bad, bad. Okay, alright <laughs> I promised to do that Yeah, you did I did because this Christmas He was on road And the ladies were saying <laughs> The ladies were saying that TMT is a bad boy That is so unfair It's also completely accurate I that's, think That's not how it happens Happy New Year everyone Happy New Year guys Welcome to the Dirty Lie podcast We missed you guys We have and we thoroughly enjoyed being on break. We got your needy DMs, and I just want to say you guys need to better. You know, on New Year's Day, in jet ski, like the fireworks just finished going off, and someone walked up to me and he said, Happy New Year. And then he said, You know, you guys have not released an episode in a long time. <laughs> I was like, Sir. Like we just entered 23. It's, it's the holidays. Is that the energy you guys are coming with? It's terrible, terrible stuff. It's it's, it's lovely stuff though. It's I appreciate nice. you. I appreciate every single one of you. I appreciate every single one of your suggestions. Um, we are going to make a Google form so they no longer go to my DM. <laughs> but instead go into a document where we can collate your suggestions. Um, and so we can communicate with you guys better. But Happy New Year. We hope you had a lovely break. If you are back in the office, sorry, my condolences. But also more grease to your elbow. More grease to your elbow. I never thought I'd be old enough to say that, but we're finally there. <laughs> we are at that age. Yeah. Um. So the first episode of this year has nothing to do with anything. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, I cannot tie it to anything. I got so many suggestions, you guys. I got overstimulated. I am one of those kids. Like, I cannot deal. If there's two different sources of noise in one room... I probably have hives. Like, I can't handle that type of stuff. Overload. Mm. So I just... You guys chased me to the randomest topic I could find. Um, and I was just going through season one. Yeah, oh my God, we're in season two. Season two. So Welcome I was going through season two. one, and I was like, let me go back to something we did in season one. We are talking about food corporations, you know? Uh, people did not know a banana company could overthrow a government and chocolate companies love slavery so what else is out there in the world that we haven't spoken about you know mm. so are you ready for your first facts of 2023 yeah I want you to get this right and I'm not lying this is the only time I've ever wanted you to get this right just based off of I did not. Yeah, and I didn't give you a Christmas present, Mm. but you kind of gave me one. You gave me a present in December. Can I remember the perfume? Yeah, I did. And anytime I wear it, people compliment me. You're welcome. And I'm just like, thanks. It's Gucci. It is Gucci. I think it's it's good. Like we say, it's Gucci. It's good. No, but it is Gucci. It's a lovely perfume. So thank you very much, sir. I try my best, ma'am. So, fact number one in 1946. 
MIT, you know, Massachusetts Institute of hey, Technology. Yes. Massachusetts. The, the Massachusetts. <laughs> yes, the MIT University in America. Um, joined forces with Quaker Oats. They teamed up to feed radioactive oatmeal and milk to children who had no idea. Where were these children? Those Name, children from Pretel. I feel like if I tell you the name of the school, I, you, I might give it away, but they were kids who were in the Massachusetts School for the Feeble-Minded. Oh dear. Yeah. A school of kids. Oh my god. Who had been abandoned or who were regarded as mentally feeble. In nineteen forty six you could be regarded as mentally feeble for a whole array of things. Were fed radioactive oatmeal for breakfast. For a couple of years. Do you think you in nineteen forty six you said? Yeah. Do you think you'd be regarded as uh, you'd be regarded as mentally feeble if you were a fan of Bonaparte Boy after his recent concert? In two thousand and twenty three I personally regret you as mentally feeble weak. You are weak. Stand up. <laughs> Stand up. <laughs> weak in the knees. Up. I'm After sure Damini do that to you. I'm sure even Bernard wants you guys to stand up. I'm, so I, you know what? Because I'm sure he's wondering, like, what's wrong with Bernard Boy? We are, I'm about to segue, but Bernard Boy reminds me of a certain brand of Afrocentric or pro-black black men who have very deep anti-black values and very like internal issues with blackness themselves. Like mm. they kind of see themselves as small. And they're fighting for this Afrocentric black man thing in a way that is just kind of... Indicative of not liking black people. Yes. It's like a self-bomb. It's like trying to self-soothe their own weaknesses. Kind of like Dr. Umar. Kind of like Martin Luther King. (laughs) Okay, we'll unpack that another time. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so 1946. Quaker Oats put their their oats and their money behind feeding kids, seven, eight, nine-year-old kids, radioactive oatmeal for breakfast. Yum, yum, yum. That's fact number one. Bom, bom, bom. Fact number two is very short. Okay. Fanta. You know Fanta? I know Fanta. Was created by the Nazis during World War II. Okay. And number three. In 2016, we said history. The United States of America threatened Ecuador with trade restrictions. Washington promised to unleash punishing trade measures and withdraw crucial military aid if the Ecuador government did not back baby formula. Baby formula. Baby snacker. Yes. Baby, Baby formula. Yeah, okay. So you have one, radioactive oatmeal. Yeah. Two. Fanta. Nazi Fanta. It's just radioactive water. And <laughs> three, trade restrictions if Ecuador did not back baby food. Okay. Formula. Baby formula. Um, specifically. I'm going to say the lie. I know it's not Fanta because I've read that somewhere before. Mm. Um, 
but the thing is i don't know if it was nazis that created coke either. so it's mm. a bit tricky um you know i think the lies coke is from atlanta but the coca-cola company owns fountain right yeah but coke was founded in atlanta it was not nazis it was not nazis they didn't exist then right hmm hmm well this is not easy despite your initial claim so let's get that out of the way (laughs) that was a lie I think that was the real dirty life for this episode. <laughs> that this was an easy guess. It wasn't. Okay. Um, I would say that um, the lie is... I'm just going to pick randomly. Mm. The Ecuador baby formula thing feels very real. On brand for America? Yeah, on baby brand. <laughs> so let's put that as a truth. Let's put... Um, so you now have radioactive oatmeal versus Nazi Fanta. Mm-hmm. Okay, give it to me in three, two, one. <sighs> Nazi Fanta, dirty boy. You are correct. I like this as a as a right answer. It feels better. I feel like I'm in Cinderella and they just transformed my sh- terrible gums into Versace. The Nazi Fanta one is like it's like an internet fable. Mm. It's close to the truth like an urban myth yeah it's like an urban myth like yeah. did you know people think that Marlboro and Snapple were started by the KKK I no but yeah. I can see why they would think that why like why because the reasons are very internet oh this Marlboro <laughs> just seems like something like love red next week's month fair okay but Snapple I mean they need as many facts as possible they live in a world <laughs> of no of no information so fair enough yeah. uh, that's the that's the that's the I, redneck education system that that is foul snapple was that <laughs> snapple was served by three jewish guys okay. in new york and they were like how do you guys think we are the kkk and they're like there's a k on your bottle that's fair. that's <laughs> and they're like it stands for kosher <laughs> it's snapple kosher yeah okay it's fruit juice Okay, so which one should we go first? Um, the lie. Uh, which was Fanta Apple. Yeah. Sorry, not Fanta Apple. Fanta Nazi. Nazi Fanta. So Fanta I'm gonna take you back to World War II Germany. Okay. I feel like we've been there a lot in this podcast, but uh, I just want to say my first introduction into history proper. The first thing that got me like saying I love this was World War One history. It was World War One and World War Two history. It was talked to me by um, my history show called Mrs. Schottende. But yeah, let us go back to Germany. It's 1944. You have aerial bombardment going on in Germany. America has joined the war and it is setting thing on fire. <laughs> it's setting Berlin on fire. And you go to a factory and you see Chinese workers, you see some convicts, ex-convicts, some random workers. Mm-hmm. And they're filling glass bottles with some sort of cloudy brownish liquid. Hennessy. Fanta. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Fanta became the beverage of Germany during World War II. Coke was, so the Coca-Cola company was very successful in Germany before the war. And they were bottling Coke. And Coke has its... The Coca-Cola company was 
headquartered in Atlanta. And when Germany entered the war and did what they do <laughs> with the Nazi party, mm-hmm. you had a lot of embargoes on Germany. And you had it, it became difficult to get the Coca-Cola syrup to Germany. Because you know Coke, they're very, they treat the thing like it's liquid gold, mm-hmm. secret formula, ETC. So you have to get the syrup yeah. to Germany, right? And they couldn't actually get the Coca-Cola syrup to Germany. However, the head of Coca-Cola in Germany was this German dude called Bolade. Max Keith. Did you say called Bolade? I did. So, so yeah. his name was Max Keith, pronounced Kite. So it's Max Kite. Was he a Nazi sympathizer? He was a not a Nazi sympathizer. He was not a sympathizer and he was not a Nazi himself, but he was a Nazi collaborator. Oh, I see. I see. He was like, I'm going to make money no matter what. It's up to listeners to draw their own moral conclusions on that. No, no it's not. Um, anyone that worked with Nazis was a bad person. Well, did he work... He did work with them. He for, for he the marketed of, of making money. He marketed uh, Fanta to the Nazi Youth Party. I think he used them in some of his advertisements as well. Like he partnered with them. Um, he was like, "I am going to survive the war. <laughs> I am going to make my money." When I say it's up to people to draw their conclusions, like, because I want to differentiate, like what Max Kite did. I want to differentiate him from like IBM and Nestle who were using slave labor from the concentration camps. Mm. IBM was also giving Germany the technology to find Jews, do the consensus and transport them to concentration camps. That's insane. Like they literally were working with them in the camps. IBM had basically two markets, America and Germany. They were literally like... And this is IBM that does computers now? Yes. Who was running it then? I'm not sure. But like they were giving them the punch cards. They were giving them the... like Even when they put all, all the embargoes all and stuff, they were they were still getting the punch card um, technology and the machines to read it. Jesus. Like, okay, even if you did not think there was a genocide, like you knew there were some really messed up things going on there. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but like, that's I'm separating that from, I'm separating like Fanta from that. But so yeah, Max Kite took over the German subsidiary of Coca Cola in 1933, and he was a tall, intimidating figure who possessed a little whisk broom mustache, not unlike Hitler's. He was considered charming but quick-tempered and utterly devoted to Coca-Cola. And to prove his level of devotion, when the war ended, because throughout that period of the war, Coca-Cola headquarters in Atlanta could not communicate with Max Kite in Berlin. So they did not know if he was working for Coke or working for the Nazis. And when the war was over, he handed them all their profits from the war period. And his new formulation called Fanta. So how did Fanta come about? Well, Coca-Cola has a lot of like cola nut, right? And made from like cocoa leaf of the cola nut plant and all this stuff. And they couldn't get it in France during the war. And so Max Kite had to come up with a different drink, a different formulation. And they basically 
he called it like the leftovers of the leftovers. They used liquid that you get from milk after it's been curdled into cheese. They use like apple fibers that you get after you make like apple cider. They use sugar beet. Like they used literally the dregs of whatever was left from the fruit industry to try and make a new syrup to make a new drink. And they brought all these things together. And he was like, we have to name this new drink because it's obviously not cook. And he told his staff to like use their imagination and imagination in German is apparently fantasy. And so the guy said, Fanta. And that's how you get Fanta. What does Fanta mean? It's a it's from the fantasy, like use your imagination. Oh, like from the speech he gave nice. about use your imagination. Oh, I've seen that. And they pulled the Fanta from the fantasy. Yeah. Yep. Imagine um, all the profits. <laughs> So yeah, like original Fanta had like, it was like, it was just a nasty concoction, but apparently it was really sweet and it was really nice. And a lot of German households during the war didn't actually drink Fanta. They use it as a sweetener to prepare their foods because there were rations on everything and there was rations on sugar. So they actually used Fanta in preparation for other dishes. Um, well, I've used it to wash my toilet. <laughs> You will not have had money for that. Wow. Unless you're a Nazi general, how are you, you will not have had the money for that. Was Fanta expensive? No, but like, it was war times, rations, like... I'm a bad boy, don't worry. You don't know my, you don't know my situation in the war. <laughs> you don't know what I've done. But the... Like, what I'm what, imagining here, I think I'm going to imagine myself as a poor German. No, you're not going to imagine yourself as a poor German, but like... I don't know, like, I'm not sure. I feel like if we can drink Origin, you could have drink, you could have drank Nazi Fanta. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did you stop yourself and realize I was not talking rubbish? It's just a concoction of stuff. You drink it. Yeah, so Fanta wasn't made by Nazis. It was made by Max Kite. So what did Coke do with the money they got from... So, like, at the same time, Coca-Cola in Atlanta was obviously, like, backing the American war efforts to end the Nazis. Right. Um, Look at this picture. There's a picture of Coca-Cola making sure that soldiers in Italy, American soldiers all over the world... Would get their abilities after the war. (laughs) Would get their Coke. Would get their ginger. God, I I have some fun stuff for you, actually. We should do like a middle bit in this podcast where we just go through history. Maybe that would just be a bonus. Mm. Like the history making things of last year. Okay. Did a gay pope die? Possibly. Did Lily Bet? The real queen of England die. <sighs> Vivian Westwood. Um, so <laughs> that is it. Yeah. Uh, the Nazis did not create Fanta. But like their existence kind of did. But like not a Nazi. You know, just technicalities technicalities it was created during world war ii in nazi germany um i just want to say that no matter how you see it if coca-cola didn't give away the fanta money to troops and their families then they kind of profited from them despite their best efforts i I think that's a fair assumption i want to say yes i'm going to say yes but I'm also going to say, like, because 
I, I've been seeing what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. And if I consider, if I continue to feed Russians, am I profiting off the Russia-Ukraine war? No. But that's how people see it, right? Because we're about to move to Nestle, and that is how people see it. Oh, no, I, I mean, yes, sorry. Yeah, oh, you, you mean yes? Yeah. I'm, but am I profiting if there, if off gap, the war? Yeah, if there's a gap. An opportunity is created. I mean, if you're they Russia, were making billions already. Like no, no, no. But like, if you're Coke Ru- was if, number one in Germany, if you're, and then Fanta if, just took its place. If you're a Russian, it's fine. So Max making that money as a German, it's fine. Yeah, America making that money in Germany during the war is not fine. It's not fine. I am going to say I agree. I'm going to say I agree. Fanta is yeah sold in 188 countries today and we are going to go to um quick one i think also like fantas and the sugar quality and or level or whatever it also differs based on like the country's health laws yeah because you have sugar tax in england mm-hmm. so the sugar in the fanta in england is like i think it's like a third of what it would be in the sugar quality sugar quantity in nigeria for yeah. fanta no the sugar here is crazy what if Fanta slaps? None of the slaps. It's all bad. Can me. I just say, like, the thing about Fanta here is that it is so sweet that I have to have more ice than Fanta in my cup to drink Fanta. Like, I want Fanta, but, like, I know I need to dilute it to a crazy amount to consume it. And it's drink, so... T- it's like... Yeah. The drinks here are so sweet. Like, this is the only place where I regularly see people pour, like, any sort of soda or soft drink and then pour water. It's necessary, man. But also, you know, our Fanta Orange has a carcinogen in it. A what? A carcinogen. Is that something that causes cancer? Yes. Sick. I'm glad I knew that. Um. So the coloring they use for our Fanta in Nigeria causes cancer, and it's illegal in most places in the world. But not Nigeria. Of course, illegal here. <laughs> being poor. True. Only thing that's legal in Nigeria is being poor. If anyone ever told you different, they were lying. So, it's time for radioactive Quaker oats. Yes, oatmeal, which is my least favorite food possibly ever. Are you serious? I just don't like it. I Why? Like that. I don't like the texture. Why? The texture. It's like a barino slide. You're dirty, like. Texture is just so bad. Quaker oats, like they won me over. Do you think oats should be listening to this? Ready. Are you proud of that? Are you are you proud of that? We are going to Belcherton State School. What? What's it called? Belcherton. That's a bad thing. It is very nasty, actually. It's nearly as bad as Massachusetts School for the feeble-minded, but it's the same school. MFM. The Belcherton State. <laughs> The Belcherton State School for the Feeble-Minded was established in 1922 in Belcherton, Massachusetts. It became known nationwide in America for its inhumane conditions, poor treatment of patients, Mm -hmm. and became a target of a series of lawsuits which resulted in its closing in 1992. 
that just feels like way too long to have waited. Yeah. Belchertin contains 10 major buildings built in a colonial revival style. <laughs> colonial revival slave owners. It's British, but it's also slavery. It's, it's that, it's that old American style of like, I owned a plantation. You can just tell from the pillars in front of the house. Boston did have very like sort of southern sensibilities for a place. In I think I mean I hate I hate when we call it southern sensibilities because it's really American sensibilities. It's like racism. the North just rebranded. Yeah. But they are really bad themselves. Yeah. And people but build colonial style homes in Nigeria. Let me show you so you know what I'm talking about. Did we just have them then or do we still have them now? Like, are people, no. No, I mean, are people still building them? This, now? so the type of colonial, what colonial style homes speaks to in America is like that plantation owner home. I know. Look at that with the, pi- with the arch, the pillars in front the where you can drive up, yeah. you know, the big parking space, you can dr- the multiple windows in the front of the house. Oh my God, so many of our friends have Ooh. houses. Like we that. did not have that in Lagos, that was imported. Yeah, I want to say post-independent architecture. Post, you don't like see old. You don't see old Lagos houses that look this like this. This is post-Abacha. This is post-Abacha style housing. <laughs> However, it is tapping into slave owner housing. That's crazy. That's no, look crazy. at the style. I know three people who live. In, I know at least three people who live in homes that look exactly like yeah, this. Yeah, same. Right. Yeah. This is a yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a manor. <laughs> yeah. Is there a way to build like a nice house um, without it looking like this? Of course there is. Not a nice house, but like a manor, like a like ground. Without it looking like this? Yeah. Of course. The Italian styles and French styles. You have the True. houses with the steps that come all the way to the front. True. You have you don't have to build a house like this. Like this you know when you see those houses that have big tall pillar going all, right. all the way to the roof. When this episode comes out, we'll put pictures on the Instagram. But yeah. this is this is a twelve years a colony house. <laughs> But this type of houses that they're just building in Lagos in these recent years. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen some of these on the name. I've seen at least one on the name. I don't know. They're, they're yeah, quite, quite a few in GRA. Quite a few in GRA. Exactly. Anyways. A lot in Ibadan, actually. Belcherton. Is it a lot in Ibadan? Oh, plenty. I still haven't been to Ibadan. That's crazy. No, never, no, no once in your life. Maybe once. I don't know. I don't recall. Yeah, yeah, I'm not missing that much. So, Belcherton was a school for kids, most boys who had been abandoned or who were seen as mentally feeble or mentally ill mm-hmm. by their families or communities. Mm-hmm. And in 1946, they started a science club. Mm-hmm. And the boys were so excited. They were like, oh my God. I'm going to be part of a science club. Love science. You guys get Mickey Mouse watches. What's up? You guys get oatmeal for breakfast. I think even them Mickey Mouse watches. They well. sometimes give you milk injections. They were giving them Mickey Mouse watches. They had money. Quaker Oats gave MIT money. Okay. Serious money, actually. They gave them serious money and their oatmeal. I was like, how about you feed these boys? radioactive oatmeal and milk they put radioactive isotopes of iron and calcium and they even injected some of these boys directly into their bloodstream with radioactive isotopes 
Now, this was before they thought it was a bad thing to act without consent. Right. This is pre-Tuskegee. Okay. They were like, well, the radiation isn't that much. Mm. It's like 30 consecutive x-rays, but it wouldn't kill you. Yeah. You're not dying. Relax. But the kids did die. It's very hard to prove these like long-term health consequences. Side effects. Side effects. Mm. Yeah. Because they were like, the kids have a 1 in 2,000 chance of developing cancer, which they say is about the same as the average person. So there's just no way to prove that. Right. Yeah. Um, the kids didn't even know for over 40 years. Um, they came to a settlement for $1.85 million dollars. Quaker Oats and MIT agreed to pay out the $1.85 million settlement to children who had been fed radioactive cereal in the 1940s. Each or? Of all of them, class action. Okay. It's over 30. Yeah. So over 30 claimants in the class action. They settled it in January of 1998. Wow. Yeah. Quaker Oats just went on with their lives. That's why I don't eat Quaker oats, man. I could just tell that this is a nice That this, is this, not why you is, don't eat Quaker oats. I was just like, this brand is giving me a bad vibe. I just think you're a dirty, stinky liar. I, I don't want... No, it's just... Yeah, that's horrible. First of all, like, I just... What are they hoping to accomplish with the experiment? So, essentially, their main competitors was called Cream of Wheat. And Cream of Wheat, at that point in time, was believed to be able to give you more nutritional value so quaker oats was trying to get science on their side so they were trying to prove that you could get as much or more iron and calcium from quaker oats as you could from their main competitor at the time which was wheat. so this was primarily wholly not just primarily it was wholly financially driven it was trying to drive the market value of Quaker Oats by getting science on their side. Like, you know when you see skincare today and it says demologically tested? Mm. That company paid for the demological test. Mm-hmm. When you see food today that says additional vitamin B, T, 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 Kellogg's paid. If you see cereal that says that, Kellogg's paid for that test, you know. If you see toothpaste that says approved by dentists, they paid for the survey. So it's it's in it's in that line of it's a combination of corporate market, yeah. marketing and scamming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you know, manipulation. Well, manipulation. Like yeah, it's a corporate effort of manipulation. So it was completely financially driven and yeah, they did what they did. They got caught 40, 50 years on the line and they paid a measly sum. That's not even how much they made up of quick out in one year. Jeez. And they did not suffer for it at all. But if you think Quick Outs is bad. And actually, someone who came up, because they were like, it has no bad side effects. We always knew it would have no bad side effects. And Senator Ted Kennedy. I've already spoken about Ted Kennedy on this podcast yeah, before. Yeah. yeah. Ted Kennedy brought it to the Senate. And he said, and I quote, Aren't you appalled? The fact that the most vulnerable people in our society, which are young people, seven, eight years old, that are in an institution, aren't you appalled that they were the ones selected for this test? 
which is true. Mm. I am appalled. The way you treat the most vulnerable in society is a reflection of society as a whole. 100%. That's why, you know, all these countries are just awful places. And Norway is amazing. Even though they were Vikings and they killed everyone for hundreds of years. But now they're like, <laughs> they figured it out. Now we're going to go to literally the worst part of today's episode. Let's go. Why do I always leave best for last? I don't think that works in podcasts. I actually hear some person start top heavy when you do a podcast. Best for last. Best for last. Worst for. We're talking about Nestle. Jeez. Nestle. Nestle. I was drinking my Nestle water as I was looking at this and I was like, oh my god. Some people say Nestle and I'm like, no. I'm complicit. Look at that accent. It's Nestle. Accent grave. It's like Beyonce. <laughs> it's Nestle water. Yeah. It's Nestle Purina. Yeah. It's Nestle Pods. Yeah. You know, we should just do mini episodes as bonus content where we just take a lot of mispronounced Nigerian words and teach people how to pronounce them. I would just say it's rapid fire. You always have more time than I do. No, I'll just do like two minutes. You want episodes. to turn us into a linguistic school? Yeah. School for the. You, you know those videos on Instagram where you see those children and they're like, I went to the do- I went to the doctor. Oh, I went to the doctor. I got my ball from the dog. Guys, <laughs> okay, this school is like in Suriname or something. <laughs> As someone of these twin girls, if you are the mother of those children, you are doing your children a big disservice. Terrible, terrible stuff. It's really horrible. They can't be the next terms because of that. You are literally like, their mouth is definitely pinning them. I saw them doing advertisement for real estate. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that as well. This is a nice house where my daddy lives. No, he doesn't. This is not What's the name of the band? I'm not saying it. Um, can I say it? No, you can't. Mouth it. I'm not doing that. Okay. They can't see me mouth it. Okay. All right. Our listeners, listeners. Is it? Tim Tyler is stressing me <laughs> out <laughs> because it? I honestly said that this year I'm trying to avoid controversy, conflict, because co- honestly people find me. They find me. They don't find him. He's tall. Mm. Me, I'm five five max. They look for me. And they come and discuss things with me that don't need discussing. If you are, if you hear your podcast, if you hear your name, your father's name, your father's name on my ep- on any episodes, please don't approach me because there's nothing. It's just not worth it. Well, you can talk to me though. It's HR. not worth it for e- HR. You I'm approach, HR. approach at TMT is clutch. I got you. Leave at adeswa.g alone. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just have a friendly discussion about it. But let's talk about Nestle because that's on the evil Nestle has done in this world. Yeah. One of well, a podcast episode I listened to is called Dark Histories. They had an episode called I think it's called like the Crimes of Nestle or like the <laughs> There's is plenty. Like no. if you start I don't know where you finish, but the, we're focusing on one thing. The older a company is, the more evil the more damage it has done to the world. That's my philosophy on um sort of large empires. I, I, I mean, I get that, but like Nestle is giving the banana republic a run for its money. Nestle, so Nestle sits somewhere near the top of a $50 billion baby formula industry. That's not a lot. $50 billion? That's $50 billion. Right. Ask Nigeria how much we collected from PMS this last year. From who? PMS. How much? Less. Less than 50 billion. We don't have any money. We have no reserves. Our, res- our reserves are not up to how much Nessie is making from baby formula. That's crazy. We should start making baby formula, maybe. 
the baby formula industry is a 50 billion dollar industry as of about 2018 so we love babies so that makes sense yes but also baby formula is supposed to be for mothers who can't produce or no longer wish to breastfeed Mm -hmm. their children yeah but nestle in the 70s 1974 1970 essentially spearheaded a a campaign in lower income countries around the world like Nigeria, Ghana, Bangladesh, Guatemala, Ecuador, psychologically tricking mothers into not being able to physically produce breast milk. Excuse me? Okay. Should we get into this? Please let's Before we get into what America did in 2018, let's get into what Nestle did in the 70s. Basically, they had varying tactics. So essentially, breast milk gives a child everything that formula can't mm. it can give the child antibodies hormones it's essentially a communication pathway between a child and a mother mm. breast milk is the liquid of life um, immunity to diseases just different things it's different antibodies so much right now a lot of women cannot produce their own breast milk mm. maybe their babies can't latch or they can't produce for varying reasons they can't breastfeed their children formula it was a breakthrough for these women. Valid. Very valid. Filling a gap in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, helping people who are actually in need. Mm-hmm. That's valid. Mm. But greed. Corporation. We want to make more money. So now, instead of just marketing to women who can't breastfeed or no longer wish to breastfeed or are having trouble breastfeeding, they go to lower income countries. Because target market they're not as literate they may not speak the language as well we can manipulate them easier the laws are more lax do you know that bre- <laughs> the, the, the wild i found out so many wild things with touching story but one of the wild things i found out was that formula companies that produce a formula work with architects that build maternity wards to keep the baby room far from the mother's room. This is behavior that actually this is behavior that risks humanity survival. According to one study by Lancet, you would save the lives of eight hundred thousand to one point five million babies a year if you curbed the advertisement. Wow. You save the lives of nearly a million babies a year. You will save the lives of a third of the infants that die in Bangladesh a year. So what the formula does. So let's let's just stop. Formula in itself, if it's used how it's supposed to be used, it's not as good as breast milk, but it gives the baby nutrients, it gives them added benefits. You know, if he's the baby, they're not gonna be malnourished, right? However, the pr- the price of formula, like lactogen, or this GABA baby formula, the formulas are being touted all around the first world. The price of formula goes as high as 50 to 100% of the average income in lower income countries. Like if they're selling formula for, I don't know how much formula is in Nigeria, but if you're selling formula for 20K, if you are poor and you think you need formula, what are you gonna do? You're gonna stretch it. How you str- soak Gary? How you stretch uh, tea. Baby ends up eating things that should not be eaten. 
the baby ends up eating colored water and not just that a lot of lower income communities do not you have to disinfect the bottle every single time you have to like you know you have to sterilize the bottles um you also have to use perfectly clean water even you, Nicole, you do you have access to perfectly clean water if you're not cleaning it? No, I swear, no. Literally, in Nigeria, like, how many people? How many people have access to clean drinking water? So you have them mixing dirty water, stretching formula, and the company is not just aware of this. They're kind of even encouraging it. Like they just want you to buy them. They don't want you to buy the formula. They had fake nurses who used to carry this formula around maternity wards, dressed in nurses' uniforms. In Mozambique, the bottles only had English on them. They don't speak English. They barely speak Portuguese, and that's the official language. Imagine somebody selling baby formula in Arabic in Isaleku. Like, you can't say you actually expect them to understand how to even give that formula to their children. To explain how dangerous bottle-fed babies are versus breastfed babies, a bottle-fed baby in an unhygienic condition is 25 times more likely to die of diarrhea. 25 times more likely to die. They were literally killing off poor people. And in 1974, you had a reports go out um about nestle nestle's role um sorry so in 1973 sorry you have a report called the baby food tragedy report by the new internationalist in 1974 you have something called the baby killer pamphlet and that baby killer pamphlet is translated into other language and is called nestle kills babies and nestle then takes the them to court saying they don't kill babies the court it's like in the criminal sense you can't say Nessie kills babies but then they give them like a very very light fine like maybe 300 euro fine Mm -hmm. so everyone sees that as a moral victory Mm -hmm. for the people who wrote the pamphlet because it's like you are actually actively killing Killing babies. babies they also would put like really chubby white babies on the pictures so that all these poor women who are just barely out of colonization would see like fat rich white babies on the covers and think this is the pinnacle of what i should do for my child they increase the likelihood of a woman not even being able to produce breast milk can you imagine creating problems we have enough problems in this side of the world and then you come and create a problem so what they'll do is they'll give free samples they would like work with health professionals they'll give them money sometimes they send them cake they'll give them free stuff and then they'll give free samples to the mothers in the maternity ward and if your baby starts drinking formula like straight out your body doesn't get the signal to produce milk so then your body's struggling to produce milk and so then you now think you can't produce milk so then you now think oh you have to rely on this formula and this formula is maybe half your salary your take home and so then instead of giving what you were supposed to give a baby a baby again a week you give the baby a month Jeez. do you know this even increased the prevalence of kwashoko no, okay. I can imagine that. also 
I mean, we don't talk enough about the fact that like when babies don't, uh, when they when they don't receive proper nutrition, it affects their brain development for the rest of their lives. Permanent damage. So they turn into. I mean, this is how you raise like, for lack of a better term, very unbalanced people. Yes. Mentally. Yes, because they're malnourished. And they didn't get to develop their brains as they were growing up. In some countries, up to 82% of babies were found to be malnourished if they're they're being put to fed. You raise a generation of people whose brains are starving in a critical stage of development. Mm. What does that say society-wide in the long term? Is it a bit scary? Like, anytime Actually, I, very, scary. Anytime you reason, very dystopian. If <laughs> anytime you reason these things like really deeply, like anytime you think about all these, dy- anytime I think about dystopian things of lead paint as asbestos, um, then bringing the worst of the worst to this country, mm. and the amount of toxins and chemicals and things you're exposed to every single day on this side of the world, the long-term effects of that. Society-wise, community-wise, individual-wise, is freaking scary. Because, you know, you have, like, for example, you have in India, you had, there was an American country called, what's this country? What's the company called? Union Carbide, which is a pesticide plant in Bhopal in India. In 1984, there was an accident, right? Okay. And it was a pesticide plant it led to more than 600,000 people being exposed to deadly gas 15,000 were killed but even those that were not killed right yeah hundreds were blind blinded blinded but also they gave birth to children with deformities with deformities with mental incapacities with with issues this is from one day Mm. And, and I kind of, like this is not like a long period of exposure. Mm-hmm. One day, one plant, one gas. You have generational trauma. That's you crazy. have the decimation of thousands of lives, right? The corruption of thousands of gene pools. Yes, from exposure on one day. I was reading an article one day of somebody on a scavenger hunt picked up a radioactive something something in Brazil or something, took it around the town, and like 2,000 people developed cancer. Jesus. Do you know? So, when we talk about the type of things that are fed to us, exposed to, like, the, the, our lives are just in, like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, we, yeah. are, we are exposed to so much that you have to think that does not. Does it maybe affect our psyche? Mm. Mm. Like, if in the 70s or 60s, our parents were malnourished, do you expect them to be as emotional intelligent as somebody who eats <laughs> four square meals a day? <laughs> I'm not going to... I mean... No, I'll, I'll, materials no, no, it sounds like I'm traveling there, but no, I don't no, really true. like I'm no, traveling more. Point, it's a point Nigerian doctors also make quite often. They're like, people aren't fed properly as children and it affects the way their brains develop and they can't express the full range of human um, efficiency essentially like they just can't they, they just have no way to it's not possible because they're not fully developed it's it's so scary and these are the people that you run into in the streets these are the people that like yes sometimes you get into and you wonder why people act like 
Like not Chris they rain. Not Chris they rain though. Oh, see the way like people drive in the country. <laughs> and the thing about this, like for me, one of the things that is so frustrating about this is that like often we just blame our you know, it's easy it's easy and often accurate to blame our government or whatever for allowing lax things. But even when they try and fight, America steps in the way. Mm. So what I said in 2016, this is Trump administration, right? Um, um, I think Trump was 17. Oh. I think he won November 16 and got installed 17. No, but Trump was uh, Trump was tweeting in favor of this. So I okay. think I'm not an, mm, I'm not entirely sure, but I know that Trump was tweeting in favor of this. But in 2016-17, mm. Ecuador tried to just sponsor legislation that said we're going to promote breastfeeding because mm. our babies are dying mm. because they've been promoting bottle feeding in our country, mm. right? Mm. America said hell no. Of course they did. And this is the quote from the beginning. America said if ever Ecuador refused to drop the resolution, Washington would unleash unleash punishing trade measures and withdraw crucial military aid. The Ecuadorian government quickly acquiesced. They're trying to save the lives of the babies in their country. Save the babies. And America is literally threatening them with trade bottlenecks and military aid. That's crazy. For formula. Baby formula. There's no oil. Like, it's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not mm-hmm. damaging. It's not something people think of. It's baby formula. They, don't, they didn't even say, like, they literally just wanted to sponsor a resolution in favor of breastfeeding. Jeez. America said, you dare not. In 1981, after so it had been guy, okay, in 1981, after it had been found out that the world over Nestle had led to the deaths of thousands, if not of millions, of babies, and the WHO and UNICEF got involved, and again, same senator, Senator Ted Cruz, brought it to the U.S. Senate, and when he did, <laughs> and when all these things went on, the whole world passed a regulation, a code, on supporting. Let me, in fact, I'm going to read. I'm going to read one of their adverts. Let's go. Do a voice. Let's read it. The child is gonna die because the mother's breast has given out. Oh, let's go. Mama, oh mama, the child cries. Okay. If you want your child to get well, give it clim milk. Do it again, but like as a rich white southern woman. Girl. I know nothing about that. No, it's really crazy. They'll tell you a child will be weak and have anemia if you don't use their milk. Uh, and in, in, this is the world where you you have technology progressing. And think you think that this is a progression of technology. You think formula is an improvement on your breast milk. <laughs> Fair enough. You no think about it. You're talking about people who are not even poorly educated for the most part Mm -hmm. but also in a time where so much is changing in the world where you think that what is coming what is coming out is an improvement on what was there before yeah it's the new iphone version of of breast milk (laughs) meanwhile you don't know you're killing your kid and they know this america was the only country to vote against the resolution in 1981 and i don't even want to say it's not it's not even just trump by the way Mm. 
under the Clinton administration, <laughs> God, the Cl- <laughs> America was uh, supporting uh, Colombia with yeah. $450 million in peace treaty to, ha- to end years of civil war. The ambassadors to Colombia were threatened because they told Gerber, Gerber baby foods mm. that they will not be able to sell in, sorry, no, 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 no. They told Gerber baby foods in Guatemala. Guatemala. You know, in Colombia, in Guatemala, that they would not be able to sell in Guatemala if they did not align with their advertisement to mothers. Like they so this is like just this is just a mafia thing, really and truly. Gerber, Gerber baby foods. This is mafioso stuff. Gerber baby foods threatened Guatemala's whole government structure. Like, who did they even go to? Who did they talk to? They they'll the lobby. They'll, they'll talk to the ambassadors. They'll talk to people on the Senate committees. <sighs> so, like, they, so one of the people involved here was um, they threatened them with like some WTO. Um, they got a a person, a member of the U.S. State Department. Mm. to threaten Guatemala in a face-to-face meeting with Guatemalan officials and intimidate them into allowing Gerber to refuse to abide by regulations. (laughs) Even AIDS medicine in South Africa, like they didn't want South Africa to be able to sell this generic brand of AIDS medication in 1997. When South Africa, when a fifth of the population had AIDS. No, but I've seen so many insane things with AIDS medication and like just gatekeeping and keeping the prices super low. And the, like people think pharma companies, I know we've we've spoken about big pharma in some capacity before. I'm sure everyone has really. But the things pharmaceutical companies have done to prevent people from getting medication at affordable prices the empires they've destroyed, the amount of evil work they've put out into the world. It's insane. It's amazing. Like, the thing, so the thing about these things is that we're talking about, like, baby formula. And I'm telling you that they're threatening governments, South American governments, Mm -hmm. because of their stance on baby formula. And it sounds like, you, you would think that's fake. Like, you think it's a conspiracy theory. Like, you, f- you would feel like I made that up. Like, I don't know if you know what I mean, but it's so out there. Baby formula. Baby formula. It's crazy. But you guys, welcome to 2023. Um, we have a very sick season planned for you. It is sickening. It is outrageous. It's delicious. And it's fun. In the lead up to the Nigerian elections, we've decided we are going to be non-political, apolitical, uh, unpolitical, uh, less political. Uh, if I political. sound like I'm dying a little bit inside, it's because you guys know I'm very political as a person. I actually crave wahala. <laughs> but uh, we are going to be working on other things so that we can keep this channel as an escape as a place to come to where we just talk about facts, figures, and... And weird things from the annals of history. <laughs> Is it annals of history? Facts, figures, and weird things from the past. I do not know what he's talking about, but welcome to the new year. Have a good, 
good good week at work and we've missed you have a lovely one see ya bye